Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's podcast is What is Sonar with my buddy, Adam Robinson. Welcome, Adam. Hey, great to be back with you once again, Joe, on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, an old dear friend of mine, and great to be back on the horn. Yeah, thank you so much. I saw guys last week, I was able to go on the freight waves, put that coffee down, telecast, podcast, whatever the hell that is, (laughs) but it was fantastic. And so I was there kind of guest hosting for Mr. Dooner because it was his son's birthday. And then in addition to Kevin being there, Kevin's an old friend, Adam came on. We talked about content marketing. It was just like old times. It was really a blast. I told Kevin, and I'm telling Adam now, you go on one of those freight wave shows and the next day your LinkedIn blows up. Everyone's like, I heard you have freight waves. I was like, man, I'm kind of famous. I love it. <laughs> That's what we all do it for, right? A little bit of fame here and there, Joe, yeah, right? <laughs> I gave the guy at the gas station my autograph. He didn't ask. I just thought the hell with it, you know? You were in the mood. (laughs) You got to give the people what they want. (laughs) Anyway, I'm thrilled to talk to you, Adam. I've known Adam for a long time. When he used to work at Saracis, I worked at a 3PL. And we got to know each other because we were both content marketers. And I felt like I really knew supply chain and I got to know logistics really well. But I was never a marketing guy. And Adam was very much a marketing guy. So I learned so much from him over the years. And I've probably known well, probably 10 years. So ever since I started the logistics of logistics as a blog. Anyway, Adam, introduce yourself and your company and where you're at. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, have been on the podcast before and gave a good long answer on my full background. So Google Adam Robinson, the logistics of logistics podcast, and you'll see that first episode to hear a little more about my background. But just to catch folks up from last time, I was at Saracis last time I was on this podcast. And since then, Saracis has been sold to Global Trans and I found it as a good opportunity having been there for eight years to kind of spread my wings in the industry, continued to get more interested in the role of technology in freight and logistics, and had a brief stint at Turvo, a company that is building a pretty cool product. And I think you had Katen Karkanis, their chief product officer, on the podcast earlier this year. And there will be on more. Good. He's a very sharp dude, not from the industry, came from Salesforce, but Turbo really interested me because it was attempting to bring all of the technology systems, people, and data together into one platform to really streamline not only just the freight processes, but a little bit further up that supply chain stream, talking about how the inventory plays into that first order that gets kicked off and then how that goes into the freight processes and just how you can just sort of track everything from order to cash, communicate within the platform with all your trading partners, and at the end of the day, get a great amount of analytics to kind of see the results of those things so you can improve them. So they have a lot of good things going on there, and I think they're really groundbreaking. So check out Turvo for sure. I got a demo last week, and it was really slick. It's pretty slick. Yeah, absolutely. And when I was at Saracis for a long time, one of the bigger websites out there, and was fortunate enough to see Craig Fuller and the FreightWaves team be born from its start. And they really started gaining some traction. And at this time, they're one of, if not the largest 
media publication in freight. And at that time, I knew they had Sonar, right? Their SaaS product that we'll get to talk about on today's episode. And Craig and I just sort of started talking and we said, hey, have you ever thought about coming to the FreightWaves team? And at the time, I wasn't sure. And he said, I've been doing the Sonar marketing, but as the founder and CEO, he's going to have to focus on a heck of a lot. And he really wanted to see, hey, can I get you as a hired gun to bring some attention to that? And I looked at the platform and I think what really attracted me is that they'd already built this huge community. I'd spent the last eight years building a community at Saracis. And although that's a lot of fun, It was a lot of work to get that audience built, as you know, Joe, firsthand. And Turbo needed that building from scratch. And I don't know if at that point in my life, I was just ready to do that again. And so with Craig and team and FreightWaves, it was joining already a platform that had an audience, right? And I could just sort of do my thing and kind of plug into the machine. So that's what brought me here to Sonar. And I'm excited to be heading up marketing for that product here at FreightWaves. I always call it the pirate ship, and I think you guys sometimes call it that too when I think of Freightways. And I do remember talking to Adam when he was still at Saracis, and he said, what is this, Freightways? And I remember having, he was <laughs> all of a sudden, that I created some content, not nearly as much as Adam and Saracis, and, but all of a sudden, there was somebody creating an enormous amount of content. I think Freightways probably does 25 articles a day, is that correct? Something like that, absolutely. They've boosted it up. Three or four podcasts and then video casts, they're everywhere and a great group of people. I think you're probably the fifth or sixth, seventh podcast I've done with someone from Great Waves and it's always a blast. So thank you so much for joining us. So today we're going to talk about Sonar and I think a lot of people have heard Sonar but go, what is it? And as I told Adam offline, I said, how about we call it WTF? Sonar. (laughs) And I thought maybe that would prevent it from getting viewed everywhere. So we'll just call it what is sonar. And so Adam, please answer that question. Then we'll get into some details about it. What is the sonar product over at FreightWaves? Yeah, it's a software as a service product, and you really can experience Sonar one of two ways. We have many people that log into the platform, the data and analytics freight forecasting platform, and they experience it and use all of the great features right there on the web. Or we have a lot of users and subscribers at Sonar who ingest our API and feed that into their own platforms. But at a high level, Sonar is a new breed of data platform that unifies freight benchmarking, analytics, monitoring, and of course, forecasting into a streamlined experience. It's a lot like the Bloomberg model. But for freight, we're taking brokers, shippers, carriers, tech providers, anybody in the freight market who needs to get more information in real time that isn't stale data, that isn't lagging by seven days, but that gives them real-time insights and provides them with actionable ways to make sure that they're ready to plan for what capacity is happening by market or lane, what pricing is going on so that they know how to price appropriately, and where to throw resources when markets are difficult or when lanes are hard to cover or when they're easy how to not spend too much time on that specific decision. So it allows you to make decisions faster and get to your goal a lot faster than you would without a platform. Right. And so this is a freight forecasting platform, and it's a software as a service, and it gives you that real-time information on what's going on. And Adam, let's talk a little bit about the world existed before Sonar, and most people are not using Sonar, unfortunately for them. And so let's talk about what happens when you don't have a tool like Sonar. What's the problem? 
<laughs> yeah, the main problem is that you are really guessing at best. And in a stable market where things are pretty ho-hum, and I would say 2019 was probably the only respite we've had in this crazy three years. But in today's volatile markets, imagine if you didn't have the ability to see what capacity or pricing was right now. And imagine if you're a freight broker and you go out there with a quote guarantee to your shipper customers and you're pricing in a specific load in that lane, in that market, based on seven-day-old pricing. Well, in these volatile markets with the coronavirus and what's going on with tender rejections and tender volumes, which are all at historical highs, and the spot market is really, really high, and it's also creating a lot of pressure on contract markets, if you're not pricing with the here and now with the most fresh data possible, then you could be quoting a price that you then will have to eat because the real price that you're ending up being charged allows no room for margin and you may lose that. Or if you don't price correctly and you end up charging not too much, or you go to carriers that don't have a great service level, there are a lot of financial risks involved with that as well. And if you can't say to your shipper customer, here's the reasons why this price exists or why it's difficult to get a load or whatever the reason is with the most recent data, then you're not showing a transparent service level yourself as a freight broker. And for those who do use Sonar, you might find they're winning more of your business because their shippers are informed there's a level of trust, and they actually have a lot of confidence that you're going to be able to meet their goals as their provider. Right. So, Adam, you hit on a lot right there. So, number one is, so let's just say I've made $1,800 for a lane, and I base that price on what I've seen in my own data, right? I might have done that lane 100 times last year. So, I say, yeah, $1,800 gives us a fair amount of profit. And I'm basing that on my gut feel some conversation with the guys who do that lane a lot. I called a carrier too, said, will you take that business? And you go, yeah, I'm ready to roll. And the problem is we're irrational beings. We all know that, right? Look at what we watch on TV. So we all know we're irrational. We don't really have data on that. We have kind of that, again, gut feel anecdotal information. And it's not market holistic, right? It's not even considering other people's data, just your own data, which is limiting. I did it a hundred times last year. That hundred lane times I did it might be 0.005 of that lane, right? And maybe my customers overpaid for it. I have no idea. So there's a chance that I don't have the right information and I under quote and I lose money a lot, potentially a lot of money, or I overcharge and I potentially put myself at risk of losing business. And I think as important as anything, being able to show the shipper real-time information that says, hey, let me explain what's happening with these lanes. Let me explain why it's becoming more challenging to cover. You want to give me a little extra money because this lane costs more money. Those are all pretty important things. And I would also throw one other thing in there. We know that a lot of companies, especially the digital freight matching platforms and other 3PLs are now starting to use data. They're starting to use AI. They're getting better. So if you're just using still the old gut feel, kind of the horseshoes and hand grenades approach, you could find yourself in real trouble. In fact, a lot of those digital freight matching platforms are ingesting sonar data via API to train their pricing algorithms. And they're not just using only sonar, they're using a multitude 
of variables, right? Including their own data, including other platforms out there. And the reality is, is that if you're a more traditional freight broker, you may have your own technology tools that do the same, but the competition that you're against, and I kind of think about some of the great debates I saw with some traditional freight brokers and those pure digital freight matching platform brokers, right? And we've all seen that in the industry. Those freight brokers who are arming themselves with the right data, who can get that pricing just as good as a digital freight matching platform, they sort of have an advantage over that technology if you think about it, because they're also able to provide that extra service when those exceptions happen. Right. And it allows you as a shipper or even as a broker when to know to press the brakes or when to press the gas. Right. It's all about faster decision making. And if I were to be a marketer, which frankly I am, then I would need to know how to measure my own success or how to know which keywords to go after or how to see if the advertising dollars that I spent were worth the money, meaning did I get an ROI, right? And without an analytics platform or something that forecasts out future search trends because of what Google is showing in those platforms, I can't get ahead of my competition and I end up not reaching my stated corporate goals. So the reason analytics and data are so critical is because if you don't analyze where you were and have some sort of prescriptive insight or action or predictive pricing model that includes real-time data in conjunction with millions of other data points that algorithmically tells you this is what you should be paying or these are the markets where you might be able to find this attractive cost per mile or where should I allocate my sales resources as a carrier or my trucks to, to get my full asset utilization, then you're not really helping your business. You're losing market share. You're becoming less competitive. You don't have enough profits to reinvest in your business to maintain that. And those who invest in technology are the ones who are going to maybe stay even and survive in volatile times. And in fact, shippers, because they need great freight brokers to help them survive in these volatile times, some of our freight brokers are seeing exponential growth because they invested in becoming digital first. And that not only includes execution tools, right? A load board is one thing. That's table stakes. But you can't just stick with a load board. You can't just say, okay, the data from my load board provider is the best data. It's lagging data. It has to be real time and it has to be matched with algorithms and it has to be holistic. And we're talking about not just truckload data, right? We're talking about what about the ports, What's the inbound coming in and activity from ocean containers? And what's that going to do to impact my inland freight moves? And so it's not just one mode, this or that. You've got to get a holistic view of what's going on in the freight market. So whatever entity you are, carrier, broker, shipper, 3PL, you are going to gain market share. You're going to be competitive. And guess what? You're also going to save yourself on operational costs so you can reinvest in your business. So let me ask you a question, Adam. Sonar would help me get a good quote for Elaine today and this week, for sure. I know that. So let's just say, I, but I'm bidding on business that I hope to have for a year. Will it help me say what the price will be next month and six months from now and a year from now? Yeah, we actually have a really great tool that we released in July. What date is that based on? <laughs> Uh, it's called Sonar 7.0, and one of those features were Lane Scorecard. And what it allows you to do is, one, you can upload all of your Lane data via Excel. 
And what it will do is it will give you almost like a grid matrix look where it will have all of these different scores, right? This lane has been this score and we define those scores and then it's got this volatility and here were the last 12 months of pricing and here's where the predicted pricing comes from. So it takes in all of that proprietary data fed by tendered loads and other data points that we have in our system to give you that predicted rate that you should ask for a contract, right? So you can go to those RFPs with more information by individual lane with historical information and predicted information in the future. Adam, if I could just interject for a second, I'm thinking about if managing a larger client, let's just say last January 1st, you start with a new pricing and you say, this is what I'm going to charge you for these lanes for this year. And then COVID hits in mid, late March and rates go <laughs> through the roof in many cases, right? I know some people say I have to honor those rates, but that's not the way everybody works. <laughs> and it would be nice to be able to go back to a customer and say, hey, I would like to sit down with you and explain what happened in the marketplace. I quoted on this. And if you get a long-term partner, ideally there's some relief. And I think that generally speaking, we're talking to supply chain guys. That's who we sell to in the transportation logistics business. We sell to people who manage supply chains. They live with data. If you go back and say, hey, rates went through the roof, they go, uh, yeah, sure they did. Prove it, right? Because to somebody outside the space, when COVID hit, you could say, oh, I bet there was a lot of excess capacity because the economy slowed down, right? Well, you could say that. I guess that's one gut anecdotal feel. That's, I guess, my point is if I'm a buyer or set some supply chain, that could have happened. If you can't show me data that tells me a different story, as they say, uh, it's just an opinion unless you got some data, right? Well, and that's true. And that's why what we're seeing, especially with this peak season, are an uptick in mini bids. What's a mini bid? <laughs> a mini bid is really just a short-term contract, right? So contracts are nice because you can sort of financially plan maybe a quarter ahead, right? And your CFO really needs that. The business really needs that. You've got to be able to plan for cash flow, etc. But as a carrier, you may not want to extend into 12 months right now because of the volatility. But in order to do a mini bid effectively, in order to be a freight broker who guides your shipper to the right place with your carriers or a shipper who has really great relationships with carriers and you want to keep that up, you don't just go into the room and battle it out with what your feelings are, right? <laughs> right. You got to go in there as adults and collaborate on how we can align each of our individual assets and networks together to get all of our mutual shared goals, right? That's what this data and analytics platform is about. It's not about a zero-sum game. It's about saying, look, here's reality and here's the version of the truth. Let's all get onto that version of the truth. And so that way, when we go to the table, we can say, look, I know traditionally it's been a 12-year contract, but things are crazy. And here's what we're seeing in the platform. You see it, I see it, we understand these metrics, these are our lanes. Hey, look, in these lanes right here where we've traditionally done business, things are actually a little bit not as tight or the rates are actually a little bit lower. Let's secure those out, let's secure those. But these lanes are getting a little tricky. Now, I want to be able to kind of meet your overall spend. So let's collaboratively work on these lanes. And what can we do? Can we do a dedicated contract? Can I get a guarantee of this percentage or whatever the data is showing you, you go into those negotiations collaboratively and you're not going in there with feelings and you can keep relationships up because that old shipper of choice 
thing keeps popping up again, as it did in 2018, that if carriers feel like you're just trying to nickel and dime them, or if shippers feel like carriers are just trying to exert power, the long-term relationship suffers. And the one thing the market is trying to do is create certainty and decrease the amount of anxiety around whether they can meet their customers' shipping requirements, right? Walmart just put out this strict OTIF, this on-time compliance for their vendors. I just heard this for the first time the other day. So OTIF, that's on time in full, correct? That's right. Hey, you can't miss out. If they ordered 80,000 cantaloupes, you better have 80,000 cantaloupes. And it's better be on time. (laughs) Somebody's counting. I don't want to be the one counting, but somebody's counting. But that's the reality, right? If you're working with a Walmart and you have a carrier base and you're really scared as a vendor to lose Walmart's business, and you and I both know that if you lose Walmart's business, it could be detrimental. And jobs are lost, you could go bankrupt, it could be painful. But Walmart's not messing around, right? And they don't necessarily sit there and go, I'm sorry, we know it's tough, we're shippers too, we get it. But you better believe they're using data and analytics to check those things. So you might as well level the playing field, right? It's becoming increasingly table stakes. Marketers no longer not use analytics tools, they have to. It's expected of their job, and it's the only way for you to break through and achieve the results you need to achieve above your peers and competitors. It's no different in freight. It can no longer be only wisdom and anecdote. It does go a long way in this industry, longer than most. But when you are armed with data as your guide, you become very, very effective. Right. I will also say this, Adam, you're handing that data off to somebody who's, let's just say, the vice president and the directors of logistics at a large company. They're the ones who have to carry it up the ladder and meet with their head of operations or their bosses and their boss's boss. And those guys are used to seeing data. So you're really helping them tell a better story and that not making them kind of walk in there unarmed. One question I had, and you mentioned some of the sources you guys have for this data. So obviously, you're using a lot of market data. Explain why this is the right data and what kind of sources you have for that data. A lot of it is just data that comes from ELD providers or different carriers or different TMS systems. A lot of it is under NDA and proprietary, but I think the proof is in the pudding, right? If you were to go out to Tom Curie, who's a user, he's a chief innovation officer and technology head over there at Kingsgate Logistics, a longtime customer of ours. They actually use a multitude of rate tools. They bring it into their workflow automation program called Zoho. They were curious, and a lot of our customers are curious, how accurate is this data? So they would judge us, right? They would say, okay, here's what the data said, and here's what ended up being the actual end rate. And they themselves, let's say it's a cost per mile on average of $3, just to make it simple. We were always within 90% of accuracy, meaning we were only three cents off from the cost per mile. You mentioned you're bringing in all this data. So you're getting it from 3PLs, you're getting it from other data sources. I'm assuming it's been made anonymous. Right, it's made anonymous. That's so you're right. not sharing anybody's price. So you filled up your system with all this information. And then how do you go predicting forward? So you mentioned having your own kind of without sharing any trade secrets. How do you figure out what it looks like next year? You mentioned port and some other trade information. How do you figure some of that out at a high level? There's air freight data, there's fuel data, there's accessorial data, there's ocean container data, there's obviously tender acceptance data, historical rate information. But those indexes and algorithms with our 
team of data scientists, right? These aren't just smart, even they winging it. <laughs> UI developers, right? Who are just putting things together. These are data scientists like Daniel Pickett, who has recently won an award here for being a great data scientist, who are putting these algorithms together and who are working continually with our customers to train our own algorithms to train our own pricing. That's how they're able to then kind of predict because one, we have the historical information, but we also have the real-time lane and data information. And so when you kind of bring in other factors with ocean imports and air freight, you start to really coalesce that and continue to train those predictive pricing rates. And as more people use sonar, that gets better, of course. But like I said, We even did our own study, our data scientists, and they wanted to know, okay, with our predictions that we think for these rates, let's judge us on the busiest times, one of the most volatile times. And so they did a study around the holidays, and they did a study a little bit after COVID popped. And they were able to find out that they kind of were the same metric that Kingsgate found 10% within that cost per mile of their expected rate. So that shows you even in volatile times, our algorithms are pretty solid. And you can go to sonar.freightwaves.com and check out that white paper, go to the white paper section, and you'll see that study. If you send it to me, I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, it's a little nerdy. And that's a good thing. So if you like numbers and algorithms, it's important for us because we get that question. Well, how do we know it's accurate? Well, it's a tough gig, right? When you have these NDAs and you have proprietary data in a very competitive space to say that. It's hard for that to be accepted as the answer. And so we made sure that we've had customers kind of test us. We tested ourselves. And I'll absolutely make sure you get that link so people can check out the data science. Adam, I'm just thinking out loud. And again, I'm not by any means an expert in what you're talking about. But I think about maybe the cost I paid for a truck and then whatever margin I wanted to put on it. And then I put what FreightWaves recommends for that. You pay for that lane. It would be interesting to go back and go, had I trusted this data, I would have made 3% more last month or 2% more. And I'm pretty sure it's not going to say I would have lost money if I used freight waves. I'm pretty sure that's not what's happening. But absolutely. So I think what's interesting about that is you can quickly start to look at the ROI and go, oh my God, I made 3% more this month because I followed the analytics from the freight forecasting platform. So This is great stuff, Adam. Before we summarize this or before you summarize this, one of the things we talked about when we're prepping for this is I feel like we're getting to a place of haves and haves not in this business. And it's a consistent theme that comes up. I talk to people about dynamic pricing. I talk to you about a freight forecasting platform. And then you compare that to somebody who's still using what we did five years ago. And you look and go, at some point, you're really at high risk for not jumping up to the next level. And, you know, the people who are willing to invest in tech. And I will also say this, 10 years ago, we looked at a TMS and go, look how high tech this is. Look how great this is. And now you look and go, yeah, that's just the start. Yeah, get that. Now you need data and getting good data, right? And it's just the beginning. And also, whatever you guys have, let's just say a year from now, you'll be 10% better. And a year after that, 10% better. So this is going to get I just tweeted out the other day as we were having a town hall that I had just witnessed a forthcoming product release here around Sonar that is going to blow some minds. We aren't even close to finished to blowing people's minds. So just wait till what you see. 
I want a demo. You'll see. Just wait for Freight Waves Live coming up in about a month here. The day after the election, we're going to make the second biggest news splash because it's going to be hard to compete with this election's news, whatever it may be. <laughs> Trust me, everyone's looking for an excuse to do the <laughs> To tune out, right? Come and watch Freight Waves Live. But in order for freight brokers or shippers to consistently win, they need to protect profits. They have to mitigate risks. And at the end of the day, provide the highest levels of service, whether a freight broker serves a shipper or a shipper serves a customer. Whether they realize it or not, a lot of the accepted data providers really only give an incomplete, backward-looking data, making accurate rates or volumes and capacity predictions really impossible because you're working off of lagging data. You have to be able to get data that puts profit and service quality at the forefront of the decisions it helps you make. How many people are wearing a Fitbit today? How many people are wearing a fitness tracker to see how many steps they've done? Or using Peloton, right? We give those away at each of our events, so make sure you register for them to guide them, right? And so people are investing in more data about their selves, about their businesses. And I got to tell you, in 10 years, when my kids start working, they're going to make me feel infinitely not that smart because data and analytics will just be a part of how they think. Right. That's what kids do for us. (laughs) (laughs) Make Um, us feel old and not so smart. Exactly. Adam, this has been great. So tell us a little bit more what's going on over at Freight Waves, not just sonar, but everything over at Freight Waves. And then tell us again about that white paper you want to talk to us about. Yeah, I'll tell you what, a lot going on at Freight Waves. This year was challenging for everyone. A big part of a media's budget and revenue comes from events and conferences, right? And those were taken away. But I think we're of the culture, primarily led by Craig Fuller, that says, look, and freight brokers have to think this way, and maybe that's because of his experience in the industry. Stuff's going to happen, but it's about how you respond that makes the difference, right? And so we spun up an entire new company called Firecrown within FreightWaves that hosts these and creates these online virtual experiences. So companies don't lose that engagement that they desperately need with their audience, especially in today's really now Zoom and Google Hangouts call environment that we're on. It's hard to really bring back that intimacy with your customers. So we've got that. If I just add one thing to this, and I had a conversation with Mike Vincent about it. He's supposed to be on my podcast, but we did talk a lot about it offline is all this innovation that all of us know we need to get a piece of, that we need to learn from, Freight Waves is broadcasting it daily. So if you say, I got to update my freight broker, I want to understand what the next thing is. It's out there. I mean, you want to hear it? It's Dooner's time on it, Kevin Hill's time on it, your time on it, Greg Fuller. It's all out there. It's in the pages or the pixels and the podcasts and the video casts that you guys do. So there is a great tool. You guys are I won't say you're great tools. When it comes to freight, the galaxy that we're in, Freight Waves continues to be the center of that galaxy where we're really just given the greatest and latest information from a publication standpoint. We're creating events that are niche in nature. We have our Last Mile Summit, which was specifically focused on Last Mile. Heck, we're doing a thing with NASA called Space Waves on space logistics. We're about to hit pretty soon be billion-dollar valuation company known as a unicorn. So we're a soonicorn. <laughs> Wait a sec. Wait a sec. Did you make that up? <laughs> I didn't make that up. I stole that <laughs> from somebody else. But I think it sounds cool. But I mean, it's exciting time at Freight Waves. Before you leave that, so just FYI, guys, in any billion-dollar startup, if you have a billion-dollar valuation, they call you a unicorn. And I guess now I just learned, if you're soon to be a unicorn, 
you're a Sunicorn. You learn something every day with Adam Robinson. <laughs> Here to add value and educate the masses where I can. <laughs> Thank you so much, Adam. I really do appreciate our friendship over the years, and I do appreciate you coming on and explaining Sonar. It, there's a lot of exciting stuff going on, and I will say, it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway, is data is the new oil. It's the new gold. It's what we need to power our businesses with. And to your point, Adam, it's everywhere. Don't think it's out in the freight biz. So good stuff. Thanks again, Adam. Thanks for having me, Joe. Always a pleasure. Yeah, and thanks to all of my listeners. I really appreciate your continued support over the last few years. Until next time, Onward and Upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com. 